On this episode of the Faded Golf Podcast, John and I are back. We took a little bit of a hiatus due to, well, you know, life. And uh, we talk about what happened with the TaylorMade match, uh, driving for charity, uh, as well as we talk a little bit about the upcoming match with Tiger and Phil and etc. football players. And we kind of go on about uh, a little bit about, you know, what's going on in life, what's going on in our world. And hopefully you guys enjoy this as we come back a little bit, about an hour. And at the end, we taste a uh, horse soldier bourbon here, a little small batch uh, bourbon whiskey. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Take care. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed putt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 20, season two of the Faded Golf Podcast. John Falkenberg and I are together. Heidi ho uh, How you doing, sir? But we are social distanced. We are, I would say we're probably even eight feet apart. Um, At maybe, least maybe six nine. feet, 11 inches apart. Yeah, something like, oh, fuck, oh, six feet, 11 inches. Um, John uh, and I, we, John, so John, you upgraded to the E6 Software on the simulator. We played uh, nine holes at Royal Melbourne. We played another nine at Oakmont. Um, you took me down one Act- down in actually, a bonus we, hole. We played nineteen holes total. Correct. Yeah. You so then we went in a bonus hole at Oakmont because um, we took the match one extra, and John took me down with a par. I think you hit a you hit a pretty clutch putt on eighteen. To, to, oh yeah, to push it extra. Yeah, a birdie putt. Yeah. That pushed was, it, but it is what it is. Hey, so, uh, but hey, we're excited. Uh, we, sorry, we took we took about a two week hiatus. Um, life has uh, life life is life is life right now. Life is uh, we got we got whether it be staying at home. Um, we have been a little bit released here in Indiana, but we've got. Uh, um, my, you know, my my mom is is struggling right now, and so we've uh, I've had some tough times, and but uh, being able to get back together and kind of do what I do and do what we do, keep work going, keep um, keep uh, you know, obviously playing golf and things like that. That's been uh, that's been what's keeping things going. So, yeah, it's been it's just been weird. I mean, I if anybody can say otherwise, I'm I'm I would say they're in the a weird category, unless I guess you're for a government official, it's probably been normal, but um, for us, just regular folks, working people that it's just, you know, we're home all the time now and we're working yeah. there and I'm not opposed to it. I do not like how, you know, the economy is affected. I mean, it's affecting all of us Yeah. in regards of like how we go out and get business and, you know, how things just operate. But I think we're going to see some positive things. I, f- I feel like that. Do you? Do you feel like stuff? We're going to come out of the woodwork a little bit. We're going to see some pain for another couple months. So, something tells me that um, this isn't maybe um, it, it, it. Not that we're out of the woods by any means, but something tells me that we are turning the corner um, for something. And and where I don't, um, I, I have been negative. I think it has been hard. I think uh, a lot of people are hurting. Uh, I'm not trying to say that there isn't. I think there's certain areas of the country in the United States here that have been more challenged than others. Um, and maybe I feel isolated to a degree up in my little suburb of Indianapolis or something like that. And maybe I'm not as impacted by it. But I something I have this sense and I don't know, we're humans. We have intuition. Uh, something tells me that... Um, things are going to start getting better and we have turned a corner. Um, what, whether the, the science says it or not, I don't, something about all of this kind of tells me that uh, mo- most of us are turning a corner. I feel like what we've gone through is like, I'm trying to think like what it's like or something. It's never been anything like we've experienced, but I try to like think of an actual experience, what it would be like. I think of like a, a train, like we're on a train. Yep. We're on it and we're going down. And somebody starts freaking out, and you know, like those wires above your head, you pull for like an emergency brake. You ever seen those, like in movies? Yeah, right, right. Like they, somebody just 
somebody random or anybody can pull those, right? Yeah. Just like anybody can put a fire alarm at a school, you can pull it. Somebody pulled the emergency brake or the fire alarm, and it affected everybody. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. It's not necessarily means that this was, I mean, they were really scared, and they really thought that, like, this was really bad. Yeah. But maybe that brake and that fire alarm or that emergency stop wasn't necessary. That's almost why I think I think people's intentions behind this were 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 real legit. Like yeah. people were really scared. Absolutely. But I think we're coming to find out that uh, you know, this it, it's been a lot of pain for something that I think could have been more targeted in regards to how we responded to it. I, I, I'm glad you said that word targeted and and to me that is where I think the challenge became in that, um, you know, I, I read an analogy early in this on, on how, especially as different states were doing this, and it was like, um, if somebody pees in one corner of the pool, the whole pool is still, like, impacted kind of thing. Meaning, if the virus essentially <laughs> impacts one area of the pool, the whole pool is, is impacted. And I, I Gosh, didn't. That's, you just reminded me of the best golf analogy to this I've ever heard in my life. It's, it's the baby Ruth. It's the baby Ruth in the pool. And and and, and it's not so bad, right? And so my my thought is is that yes, that might impact still. It, it like there's our country is much bigger than a swimming pool. I guess is where I'm kind of going with this, and. There are pockets of our country where metro areas are, there's um, obviously uh, mass transit, and there are obviously just people that are close together walking the streets, those kind of things that make this really susceptible. And I'm not suggesting that this thing isn't as transmissible um, as, as science obviously has indicated. Um, all I'm suggesting is that you put people in those environments and it's going to be much more transmissible. Whereas maybe the luxury of being out in the country or in a suburban environment, you've been able to not expose yourself in the same way that others have. And uh, I feel, hey, I, I'm not going to say, I feel fortunate that we're in the situation we're in. I do feel, though, um, I do feel sad for people that haven't been able to um, be able to escape as maybe as much. Uh, and they've had to be forced to go into that. Or maybe they have to use mass transit to get to their job. And that, that's hard right now. That's challenging. Um, yeah. It's just been really... I mean, I tell you what, there's, there's, it's the only way I've ever... Des I've described this to anybody right now is it's a roller coaster ride. It's an absolute roller coaster ride. Yeah, I mean, I just look at... I think people should be able to have a decision or a say in, like, you know, their rights and... I think if you're willing to, to, to sign away your, you know, inalienable rights, you should do that to let people make decisions for you. And I think a lot of people in the country are getting pretty disgruntled with a lot of people making decisions for them. And, you know, I don't, we're not political guys on this, but I think both of us don't like being told what to do to a degree. Look, we follow the rules. We're not lawbreakers. But there's not there's becomes a, a time where you're unwantingly uh, doing things in regards to like how you operate your life, yeah. and I you know I'm not gonna I'm not to the point you're not to the point where we're like getting super pissed and we're gonna go protest and things no. because we're a little insulated. We are we are a little insulated. Well, hey, we still have jobs. But if I was living in even downtown Indy. I mean that would be. Sh I mean it's it's shitty, like it's not, no. That Marion County right now is messy. It's messy. It's real messy. Yeah, it's like you're you're confined and there's nothing open and things are opening up now. Well, but but the restaurants that are they're opening they're they're gonna let restaurants operate but in the streets. They're opening up the streets. They're actually gonna close down streets. You can't drive down them because they're gonna let restaurants essentially put their tables out into the streets. This is the decision that's essentially been made. I didn't know that. That's awful. It, it's it's crazy. That's awful. 
That's literally awful. But at the same time, I'm like, I, and I know you and I have had this conversation, like, I'm not necessarily ready to go eat at a restaurant I- inside in a confined environment where I feel like I'm, I don't know who I'm sitting next to. I, I know, saw the World War II guy, by the way, in his freaking walker coming out. He had, he had the navy blue hat with the gold trim stuff, all of it. It had to be like World War II veteran, old dude, right? Coming out of Applebee's. He, he got that steak, dude, two days ago. He did. He, he, he went and got it. Did, I mean, the guy had to be like 90. Old jock, man. I goes after I, uh, him. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, k- kudos to my dad go, for go, the old jock, go. the old jock thing. So I, I'm having a conversation with my dad last last week, and and uh, we're talking about this. And my my dad, um, you know, he's kind of a realist, and and he we're talking about all this stuff and how crazy it is, and. And and he goes, you know, he, here's the reality: a few old jocks like me, we just not gonna make it. <laughs> and and it's sad to me, right? Like, but it's also the realist of it. Like, you can't you can't stop everything. You can't. It's it's a it's, my dad it's a says, virus. That's what he says. He's like, look, I'm gonna make a decision for myself to stay clear. But correct, you know, if I if I get it, I'm not gonna blame you. Yes, I'm not gonna I'm blame. Not, I'm not gonna blame you for a virus spread. That's yeah. that's the ridiculousness. Yeah. Ridi- whatever that that stupid yeah. show. I should not. But that's the ridiculousness of this whole thing. It's like they're wanting to say like if you go out, Mark. If you go out and you're even though you're asymptomatic, asymptomatic or you don't have any, and you're the one that could give it to that person. And you know what? You should feel bad about that. And I just, I can't. It's like having a cold. It, it's equivalent to having a cold and I could give it to you. If I had a cold right now, we're hitting, sitting right. here having a podcast. Here's the thing is like, Dumb. if I feel fine right now and I don't know, I can't necessarily assume that I'm, I'm hurting anybody else. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard balance. But I, to, my, to your dad's point, to my, my dad was like, I'm not going to do anything stupid. Hey, I'm going to wrap. I'll go into the store and I'll put the bandana around my face and act like I'm robbing the place or whatever I'm doing there. Although I'm still buying. You can stuff wear a full ski mask, right? You can wear a full ski mask. I I put the red bandana. So you can wear a full ski mask into a store. Yeah, absolutely, right now it's fantastic. But uh, I mean, I wear like the red bandana. I want to look like I'm rolling in there, you know, with a shotgun, like it's you know, the wild wild west. That's what that's my that's my role right now. But. And I'm fine doing that because you know what? That if that makes other people feel comfortable, that's fine. I'm totally fine doing that going into stores. Um, but at the end of the day, it is. I do believe it's under an individual's responsibility if they feel as though um, they need to protect themselves to get delivery service, not go out, stay home, do whatever you can. And um, it is what it is. So yeah, that's not political to me. That's science to me. Protect yourself is the science. Don't blame others for you going out and doing your thing, and uh, be careful out there. So that being said, um, you and I have had a chance to play some golf. Um, the weather been mediocre. Uh, April, kind of going into May here um, in Indiana. But uh, I think for the most part, uh, our games, because we've been able to play probably <laughs> – through this uh, this deal here in Indiana, our games are okay. I've played more golf than I've ever played in my life. I mean, just I, because we're in a golf community and I can walk in my back door, you can walk up to the first tee from a block away and it's ready to go. So we've been playing a lot of golf. We have been. Um, game's been fairly consistent. Today was an outlier. Um, had a season-long match play match that I lost three and two to some old jock. Um, and he freaking, he killed me today. I mean, he shot his handicap and won, which you should. I mean, you should. If you shoot your handicap, you should have a really good chance to win. And he basically shot his handicap and won. And that was good. I'll give him all the credit in the world. Um, I played like garbage. Uh, three, four putts, or sorry, four, three putts, and, uh, and some dog shit drives. 
and um, put yourself in that situation is what it is. But uh, last Saturday, I had a chance to play with uh, Coach Bryant in our um... – <laughs> you, you okay over there? Something in your throat? Hold on just a sec. <laughs> All right. So I had a chance to play with Coach Bryant. Um, we played in – it was our opening uh, event at the club. And uh, it was, so it was a two-man best ball event. And Coach and I were able to shoot uh, four under gross. Um, left a couple out there. We did bogey nine and 16. But uh, we were able to successfully um, win that uh, in, the, in the gross category. All right, John's back now. Uh, so I kind of rambled on about Coach and I taking on the gross at minus four. We, we left a couple out there, but um, um, I, I did. The, the intri- Here, fun fact, if John and I were to have played together, we would have been six under. Really? Six under. What was our net going to be? Net, I think we still would have only ended up being like maybe ten which wouldn't have mattered. We would have run away with the gross, which would have been fine. You can only win one or the other. So. Oh, they don't let you win both? Yeah, they don't let you win both. And, and sandbagging division, um, one, <laughs> 15 under. So uh, fun fact number two, Coach Bryant. So I had signed up to play uh, with, with Johnny, and then the, the event got rescheduled because of Corona. And um, Johnny had to back out because of his son's birthday. So then I was kind of left without a partner. So then I reached out to another guy and was like, hey, you want to play? And he's like, ah, going to Florida. And I'm like, okay. So I thought Josh was already signed up with somebody because I thought I saw him in the thing. And so, um, but then I went back in after like trying to figure out who to play with. And I didn't see him in there. And I'm like, well, maybe he's not in there. And so I signed up and I reached out to him. And I'm like, hey, dude, I thought you were already paired with somebody, so I didn't ask you. And he's like, but I see you're in there. And, he, and then he, so then he go, I go in. He's like, no, yeah, I'm in. That'd be great. And I'm like, awesome. So I go to sign up and he's already paired with the guy who won the net. <laughs> and, and so I go, hey, man, switch to me. Like, Call Brandon up, like switch over to me. So fun he fact, he was paired up with the guy that won the so net. So fun fact, he was paired up with the guy that won the net. Who was it? Ryan Miller, maybe or something. I don't, I can't remember his name. So anyway, he ended up. He would have been. He would have won he either way. Right he would have. He would have won either way. <laughs> coach, coach well, would have won either way. <clears throat> but like, it got really confusing because I was trying to. I wanted to match up with him, and I didn't think I saw him. And then he was in there, and then anyway, it got really confusing. So, but uh, yeah, coach and I played well. He he's so steady. I know he's your season long freaking buddy partner, but like, dude, he's so steady. Me, him, and I had an incredible match. Oh my god, yeah, that was. We probably haven't even talked about that for two weeks. We um, so coach and I. I wish he was on. We should have had him on tonight. Yeah, it would have been good to have him on tonight. Yeah. Um. So. We had our um, old buddy match, our first round. We played at actually another guest of the show, Graham Cohen. Yep. And uh, his partner was, I think, Ryan Craig. Um, and, you know, I, Graham came out firing. We were down four. Well, Graham's is thick. We were down four going into seven. Don't Th- fuck with that South African, man. Go, down four. Yep. So we're going to seven. And we won seven with a bogey. Josh and I <laughs> both went in the water. <laughs> so they probably both went in the water, too. <laughs> yeah, they both doubled. Wow. And then um, we're down three. Did you, did, you, did you birdie eight again? Nope. Or something? No? Nope. Because you've been playing eight so well. Nope. Didn't birdie eight. Wow. And we did not. We, we pushed eight. We pushed nine. And then... Uh, and then you went on fire. Went on fire. So... Uh, we were down three at the turn, and then I uh, I, I birdied ten uh, to win that hole, and then we pushed eleven, twelve, thirteen, one, fourteen. So we're down two. Um, 
pushed 15, pushed 16, 117. Yeah. So we're down one going into 18. Yeah. And, and Craig's popping. Craig's popping. Nobody Was Coach else popping is. too? Nope. Nobody else is popping. Okay. Coach Coach popped for us in the on Saturday. That's but. big. Um nobody's popping. So um everybody gets off the tee okay on 18. And I my my approach shot, I had a wedge in. And the flag's like that middle left, you know, it's kind of a weird yeah. flag. It's not front yeah. left, it's middle left. And I hit it. I was 35 feet right of the flag over that bunker, right? I was yeah. like, that was not a good shot. Yeah. But pin high. So I was really straight at it. Um, coach hits one right underneath the hole, and he's he's actually got a pretty decent look. He's got probably 15 feet mm. under the hole, maybe 15, 20 feet. Uh, uh, Ryan, who's going to pop, struggled, hit a shot that was short of the green, probably like – I don't know, he's still like 60, 70 yards out. And then he hit a really good shot in underneath the hole, and he's probably 20 feet from the hole. So he's sitting four or for a putt for par net birdie. Yeah. I've got this 35-footer. Grammy's out of the hole. He just went right. He ended up like having net. He had bad chips. So, so be- between you and Josh, somebody's got a hit. We got a hit to push the hole into a playoff. Yeah. So I'm the first one up, and I'm just looking. I was like, I got to hit this thing. There's yeah. no... Because a par, a par is going to be a half, because he's going to two-putt. He's going to bogey this whole two-putt net exactly. net par this easily from 20 feet. Yep. So it's a 35-foot putt. I hit it. like new, When I hit it, I was like, this is really good putt. I don't know if it's going to go in. But it just kept going and it like kept, you know, it's one that goes right to left, mm-hmm. kept turning and turning. It was the very last revolution that <laughs> turned in the hole. And you it's, were behind me. I saw you pump your fist and freaking scream. <laughs> and the whole Chatham Hills had to hear that. It was, dude. I, so I've on Twitter uh, last week, somebody posted, you know, what's the best feeling in golf? It might have been two weeks ago. Somebody posted that. And I think it's really easy to say, like, you know, getting a birdie or hitting a big drive or chipping in, like something generic, like big drive, chip in, birdie, eagle, best feeling. No, no, no. Here's the best feeling best in feeling. golf. Uh, that's the best feeling in golf. The I've best ever feeling had right in there. golf is hitting a putt. And it doesn't matter, like, how far the putt is or if the putt's for birdie or part. It doesn't even matter. It's hitting a putt to win. A big hole. And, and, and like, I don't give a shit what anybody else says. To take money off somebody or to extend a match or win a hole, like making a big putt to win a hole is, it's the epitome of a great feeling oh, in golf. It's that, what I hit there for 35-footer on 18 to push oh. to a playoff for a birdie. And Craig still could have hit a putt. When you're closing Push. out, yeah, any putt you hit to close out a match or extend a match, insane. It felt, it was one of the best feelings I've had on a golf course. For, you could tell, by the way, yeah. I yelled. Absolutely. But, so we went into playoff holes. We won on uh, the fourth like playoff. Fourth hole. with a par, you guys won too, which is crazy. But. Which is crazy. But I had a good, I had a good one on 12. You guys, yeah, you guys all had good. Anyway, well, I hope everybody listening has have had. Uh, plenty of opportunities to take a few bucks off people, hit some big putts. And do it at the right time. And do it at the right and Because that's what this is about, guys. It's competition, jabbing your friends, having fun with it, making great shots. Um, Hitting putts. Sometimes it's not even about the end score. It's about just one. It can be one putt, you know, and that makes a huge difference. And that's just been... A whole lot. That's of my. F- I have concluded my favorite thing in golf is hitting putts. Oh, especially when you win a hole. It's better than a drive. Or, it's better you, than a flushed you, wedge. You know, you know what's awesome too? Like on, uh, for example, on three, um, on on Saturday, um, and we're not even playing against. Like, obviously, we're just playing for the score. But like, coach hits this like 10, 12 footer to save par on three. 
like best for ball. both of you for both yeah of you? for us to save par on on three because we're both scrambling on three and he hits it and like it had it was like the it just it just pumped us up like hitting putts is awesome yeah and I missed I missed a five footer for birdie on three. And it, those are the kind of things that it like, turns your rounds. It does. It turns you around. And then you guys runs. probably birdie four. One of you guys did. Um, or no, net we, birdie. We, or net birdie. Did Coach net birdie it? Yeah, he did. He net birdied it. Oh, actually, I had a good look for like a natural birdie too. And you know what? I almost picked up my ball, and I didn't actually look at it real hard, which I should have because I didn't think we were playing for. I wasn't thinking gross and net as far as two competitions. He already had his net birdie, so I kind of like just stepped up to it and hit mine. I was probably six, seven feet away, and I, I should have focused on it because it could have gotten us that extra gross birdie. You won it anyways. We still won. Yeah, it was fine, but good stuff. A little $100 shop credit. I'd say, I'd say you two together were probably the two best golfers together on the golf course. Who'd side? I can't remember who side played. He best. had um, Caleb, I think, Decker. Okay. Me and side won it. We were together last year. You guys year. won. Okay. I mean, dude, Sexton though going he out shooting well. best best round of competitive round of his life. I mean, he he, he brought well. it. He brought it. So he he good, hurt good, edges good. too. Like his he he could have like sixty eight was in like that was there. Still didn't go down. He was still just. But I was like, <laughs> dude, oh, that's all that matters. Like it's got to go down. It's results. He was getting pissed about the putts going. I was like, Scott, shut up. I I mean, did you? So let's talk about putts going down. Did you watch Sunday? Mm-hmm. So we got the 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 big tailor made boy match right for charity, which is fine. Um, these guys, I mean, I I literally, I mean, I texted you guys. I was like, I was like, I think Sexton makes more putts than these guys. Now Ricky got hot on the back nine. He started making some birdies. Dustin Johnson looked like he didn't know how to putt. D- Dustin Johnson looked like he learned about the match that morning. Um and and Wolf was so all over the place he had to try to just get up and down from everywhere. That guy he was in more bunkers than David Hasselhoff. Right? Dude, or what's the term? Like he's a, you know more sand than David Hasselhoff. But my goodness, he can drive. Oh, he freaking wallops it. And no one expected that. But, he outdrove everybody. And you, do you know still at the end of the day who the best player was? The number one player in the Rory. world, Rory. He he, he looks so good still. God, he, his swing is so solid. He just uh, he iron has the shots. whole game. It's just pure. He has the whole game. How pure is his game? It's everything. It's just everything. I mean, it's and and hey, by the way, all you Tiger lovers, Rory is better. Has a better game than Tiger. Tiger was just in a different era versus different players. I actually think Rory's better. Wow, that's pretty, that's pretty. Like overall, like like if they grew up the same time, you think he would have more wins, Rory? Possibly, no way. With the way his game is, I here my I have an argument with people that saying Tiger would not win as many majors if he started later, like the same time Rory did. Yeah. No way, zero chance he has fifteen majors. Jack wouldn't yeah. have, he wouldn't have seven. Yeah, wouldn't happen. We have yep. so much better golfers, but yep. Tiger's still the best guy to ever play the game. He, no, he's the best he's, player he, ever. Hey, he's he's two steps ahead for sure. Tiger, as the far best. as like current era, if you know, given similar circumstances, Rory, amazing. Just an amazing player. Just What's, amazing. Rory has how many majors? Four or five? Four. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to, we'll have to Google that and get yeah. back to that I, one. But well, I think Brooksy. I, but he don't, I know he doesn't have the Masters, right? But, but I think just Brooksy, like, that, he's better than Rory. Like, I think he's better. He is, when he is, he has the mindset of Tiger. And Rory doesn't have that mindset. He just doesn't. He doesn't have that kill zone. Roy, uh, Brooksy's just like, hey, all right. I'll, you know what? Brooks, right, I'll, I'll give you that. Brooksy's, you know what? Brooksy's just like you're. 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 You're not a. Uh, you're not a factor. I. I tell you what. Um, if if there is a flaw in Rory's game, it's not his swing. <laughs> no. Right. It's it's all up here. Hundred percent. Yeah. I'll give you that because I don't think I don't think Brooks is. All around game is maybe as good, but mentally, you're right, he's in a better spot. No, you look at Brooks's like yeah. so when they were comparing like swings of like Adam <clears throat> Scott. I was watching that replay of uh, Bell Reef 2018, the PGA Championship. You look at like Brooks' swing; it's 
dude, it's pure strength. It's a lot of upper yeah. body. Yeah. It's not as much hips. Like Adam Scott's like perfect. Yeah. Brooks just figured out how to get the ball. I kind of wonder if coach, if coach carried Rory's bag, if he, Rory could be a better player because coach is one of the best freaking motivators of all time. It's good. It's good. He had me like, not that he motivated me a ton, but like he, he like, he kept me like wanting freaking like to hit, just hit bombs and just <laughs> put it in play. Didn't matter if I sucked or not. Because I was inconsistent, by the way, on Saturday, but he wasn't. But well, you hit a couple eagles. Hadn't, I, have I you ever had that? I don't think round? I've ever done that before. I had two eagles in one That's round. That's crazy. That was awesome. Two eagles in one round. What'd you eagle number 17? Five and, and 17. Five's not one. That wasn't easy. Dude, I hit a six iron that landed right on top of the bunker and trickled to about eight feet. Like rolled out. Like, I mean, the. The pin was tucked right behind that bunker. Yeah, you had to hit the I, like, I blo- face. I mean, I, I, dude, I'm aiming left of the bunker. I blocked it out a little bit right, and it just never drew back. And it just stayed. And I'm like, go, go, and it bounced right on top of that freaking bunker. The, the oh, grass, you could do it. And it, and then it trickled to about eight. It actually rolled past the hole about eight feet. No one eagled that hole. No, that not even close. No, probably not. <laughs> you I mean, know, that's so hard to do. And then I, I rolled in like a 35-footer for Eagle on 17. It was crazy. And that wasn't an easy hole either. Were you behind it? You had to be behind it. I was actually, so you want to talk, I hit another top of a bunker. I hit the top of that front right bunker, and it trickled onto the green, barely trickled onto the green. I had a, I mean, I had like a putt that broke three feet left. You didn't expect that to go in No. <laughs> Coach comes up to me, he's like, you, you like it? I go, I got a spot. And then you just walked away, and I hit it right at the spot, and it freaking went down. Whatever. <laughs> Did you yell? Oh, yeah, because Cousins and Dieter were behind us. So I was like, whoa! <laughs> Felt good. So, um, no, so, I, I thought... I so thought... Let's, let's talk about players and focus and whatever else um, to transition into another topic. Uh, last dance. So... You want to talk about players and focus and competitiveness, so and different levels. Is, is there any question after probably any kid watching that or anybody who never obviously was able to grow up with him? I, I will tell you the the LeBron people on Twitter now they they've disappeared, they've vanished after the last dance, vanished. Yeah, because LeBron doesn't have that. He doesn't. No. He just doesn't have that. Dude could take over a basketball game. He could just. I mean, you look at when he had when he had food poisoning and he came out and scored thirty eight points. How about that too? We never. We th- we called it the flu game. Come to find out, dude, dude got a shitty pizza from some people in Utah. Some shady fucking. Some shady pizza. pizza five delivery guys. How about? Hey, by the way, timeout too. Um, let's talk about how competitive he is, but yet would wake up, smoke a cigar, and drink two Miller Lights, and then go play again. Was he serious when he said that? I do. I think he is. I no. think he was. I don't think he was, because I saw because I heard him say that, too. I was like, no way. He's not serious. He may have been. Uh- <laughs> do you see these guys after every game? They're smoking a cigar after every game. Or drinking Miller Lights, whatever. It's after like every what I do, game. it's like what I do playing golf. But like these are premier athletes, and it actually doesn't. It wouldn't even. And they were smoking cigars on the way to the game in some cases. I love it. I fucking. I absolutely. Love I mean, it. clearly a different era, right? Twenty plus years ago. Not that big of a difference. Thir- thirty, era. thirty years ish, almost thirty years ago. If you really want to think about it, it's a long time. I mean, this long time. Mid nineties, it was ninety eight. So you got yeah, well, it's 20, I mean, if you go ninety eight, yes, okay, you got twenty years ago. But you go early nineties when he was still. But like, what do you have? But what do you have by him the whole time when he's talking the last dance? His cigar, and some whiskey, whiskey. Well, we're getting ready to try some horse soldier here in a little bit. I, I love it. I mean, but I tell you what, if if you're a kid growing up in sports right now. I don't care what your sport is. 
And if it isn't your parent or your coach or whoever it is that isn't essentially telling you you need to have the eye of the tiger to freaking win, like proof in the pudding is Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan. Yeah. It's no those question. Dudes, those dudes are just eye of the tiger. Like yeah. just, I mean, rock, Rocky Balboa, eye of the freaking tiger, just want it more than anybody else. And willing to do whatever. I feel like if LeBron had the mindset of of Michael Jordan, he'd have ten championships. He has too much arrogance. He has too much arrogance. He has too, it's the game comes too easy to him. Yep. He's six eight, two sixty five, almost like yeah, like he can like plow through people essentially. Jordan couldn't do that. No, he had to go around people. He had to go around and he had to shoot and he had to he had to yep. figure out the game. Yep. LeBron. Could, I mean, he has the most – look, he's the most talented basketball player I have ever seen, ever. Like, not even close. Name somebody that's close to him. I don't think there is. Uh, talent. Uh, Raw yeah. talent. It's not there, know. dude. Um, oh, he was hurt this year. What's his name? Um Zion Williams? No, not Zion. Um, that he was on Golden State. Now where's he at? Uh, but he was hurt all season, and I can see him right now. And I can't think of his freaking name. Not, not. Oh, Durant. Durant. He's got freakish talent, but he doesn't have plow through like get to the rim talent, no. and then be able to shoot. I Durant just can score. Durant's a better shooter than LeBron, though. Yeah. He just can't play the defense, though. No, nope, he's not quick enough. Nope, he, but he's a seven-foot freak. Correct, because he's long and big and whatever. No, Dur- Durant is about as close to LeBron as you can get. But De- DeBron's just DeBron. LeBron, he's just so strong. Like I don't know how you guard a guy like that. I really don't. It was like Sha- it was like defending Shaq. Like when Shaq came to the league, Shaq just he just pushed people around. He was like, "Go ahead, okay, try to stop me. <laughs> Good luck." And nobody could. Seven foot one, seven foot like two, the, the strategy, twenty-five. The strategy became like hack a shack because they knew he couldn't shoot free throws. Right. The only guy who could guard him was Dennis Rodman. Because he what he didn't give a shit. Dennis Rodman was six seven and could guard Shaq. But he didn't give a shit. Well, but I had never understood I when I'd watch it, I could not believe he could out rebound Shaq and he could guard him. I don't get I was like, how's he doing that? Well, Rodman's a freak too, man. It's just freak. I, I love to. I tell you what, basketball is such a, a sport where I think because you have to play offense and defense so much, unlike soccer where these guys got kind of like wander around up and down the field and I get it. There's kind of some defense and whatever, but like you have to aggressively play offense and aggressively play defense. It's the most athletic sport there is. Between that and hockey, as far as like go, go both ends of the freaking, you know, court field rink whatever like it's amazing to me what these guys can do unless you're james harden who doesn't play defense at all dribbles all the freaking around and then travels and then somehow makes baskets from a pure athletic standpoint we've had this conversation before but it's the most pure athletic sport it is it just is i mean there's no i mean hockey's just awesome hockey's just it's the last gladiator sport it's the real (laughs) deal i mean but for god's sakes they let the guys fight it's awesome. It's, it's fantastic. It's, it's so it's the best. Is hockey is it? But that, hey, that was another Twitter post that came out. If you were just granted the new expansion franchise of any sport, any league, any city, what would you? What what sport? What city? And what would you name the team? Right now, if you were just granted that. I was just granted that any sport, any like expansion that doesn't currently have the same Correct. sport. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think Indianapolis needs a hockey team, and I would name yeah. it. I don't know. Well, I was like Racers, just because classic. They're, like th- that was the first um, minor league hockey team here was the Racers. I'm like Indianapolis Racers, NHL done, light it up. Like I would take that over an M- MLB team here all day long. Oh yeah, I think Indianapolis would be better for a hockey team versus a baseball team. 
I think they would fill a freaking hockey stadium. I think though that plus we Indianapolis have the Pacers. I think so. Indianapolis would fall in love with a baseball team though. I I, I it would gravitate more uh, overall popularity long term. The challenge with the MLB right now is they have so many teams that just don't fill stadiums right now. They'll never. They're not going to expand anymore anytime soon. Cincinnati is just. But I think Indianapolis would get behind a major league. Baseball I think team. they would, but just the league in general is just. It's kind of weak from Take, an attendance. If you ask me, though, baseball or hockey first, hockey. Hockey is affordable. It is affordable. Yeah. They can get behind it, and and it's a good market for it, well, too. We, it's a good market. We're we a are, northern we, market. We already have a stadium for it, too. And we're a northern market. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking cold here seven months, and, eight months out we, of the year now. And we already have the facility. I, it, it needs to happen. I agree. It needs to happen. The We'll see. Columbus has the Blue Jackets. Right. They, they don't even have any other professional sports, but they have, a, they have a hockey team. Come on. <laughs> Stupid. Doesn't does Even when they're good, it they didn't matter, right? Yeah. They were good last year. They were. And it didn't matter. Yeah. Oh, we're, all right, man. We God, This is what happens with this show, especially after we've taken a couple weeks off. We, we start getting off on tangents. So... Um, we we talked about uh, obviously a, bu- a bunch of play players. Um, what did you think? I want to go back to um, what happened on Sunday with this charity match. Generally speaking, let's just talk about the concept. Uh, we're trying to get back into professional golf. Um, we've got the Rory, TaylorMade guys playing. What do you think about this format? Four guys. Minimal cameras, minimal coverage. I mean, it was golf. It was more. It was more than what we've been getting for nine weeks. But what do you think? I didn't feel like it was really competitive. Like I felt like they just weren't really. They were. They, you know, they said, "Hey, we're playing for good and for charities and stuff." But it was like, I mean, I think Roy was a little heartfelt. I think the other guys like whatever. You know, we're just we're playing. Did you get that kind of feeling? You're like, okay, we're just playing. They weren't playing for like real something on the line. And you got to be able to play for something really on the line to get me excited. I like, lost interest. Like the money was going to be won by somebody anyway. Yeah. So the point was is that the donations were going to happen anyway. The only extra money that could be donated was obviously if they made birdies or eagles or whatever. And so I think my take was it was like they were just playing their games. Yeah. I could tell that you know, this was actually kind of interesting to me. They weren't necessarily even shooting at pins all the time. And, you know, I and maybe there's a mentality of when to go for pins and when there isn't. But I, I would think that if you're in an environment like this that it's completely for charity, you'd just be sh- firing at pins. Well, that's what I but thought I saw Wolf them, did. I thought, I saw, maybe, I thought, maybe he did, and he that's why did. he was missing stuff. But these other guys looked like they were just shooting for middles of greens like they normally would, two-putting for pars and getting the hell out. And I'm like... In a normal tournament where you got four days and you're trying to like make a paycheck or whatever, like, dude, go at some freaking pins. Uh, it wasn't that entertaining. It me. it wasn't fantastic. Um, I will. I'm the, gonna. The match will be better. I I hope. I and I think and we'll get into that here in a second. Uh, one last commentary on this one, and, um. We'll we'll talk well a couple a couple extra points. So one, um, Paul Azinger still is freaking awful. He, uh, he the guy I don't know how he I I mean I look I'm I'm at a loss for words right now. That's how bad he is. He looked like he was pretty <laughs> he'd been even a little rough in the quarantine too. Like well the guy needs a haircut, but at the same time, awful. <laughs> I mean, just awful. His commentary is some of the worst. What was it like? A specific example. I, dude, I there's there was one where, it, like, I'd have to look it up. But I, I mean, because I can't remember off the top of my head, and I shouldn't, I should have prepared a little bit better for this. But I tell you what, this Say, guy, that's a that's a humdinger. <laughs> I mean, the guy just he needs help. I don't know. He's not the, he's not the guy. That's at the end of the day, he's not the guy, and and this has, that's not a downplay on the overall event. I'm not trying to say that the overall event wasn't a good idea or whatever, but I tell you what, having these guys 
commentate on the side. It it needed to be played out better. It needed to be played out thought, better. I thought the guys individually, I mean, if Taylor Bade had to pick those dudes, they had to. But talk about the worst talkers besides Rory. I mean, Wolf is so young, he doesn't know what to say. Right. DJ's like, hey, he was, you know. <laughs> You know, and yeah, he's, then he's pretty. And bad. then did did Ricky say more than ten words? He's a quiet guy too, so I don't. Ricky said nothing. Like jab at each other, like do some fun shit. <laughs> like that's what I wanted to see. Like get four of us together. We're sitting there, like just giving each other shit. I look. I'm. It was okay. I'm glad. I, I'm glad it was on, but. I'll move on from that. Let's go to the match. Let's talk about the match. Well, what, one other thing before. So, um, I do, I think they did a bad job at trying to make things interesting between shots, whether it be with Azinger or having Bill Murray or President Trump interviewed or whatever. I, I think trying to mix in entertainment in between shots, they, bad job on it. At the end of the day, though, good job raising money. Taylor made totally won that over Callaway, by the way. Like, just nailed it. Like, Callaway totally missed a window there. Like, they should have jumped on, hey, we wanted, we need to do a charity tournament too. And they've ship sailed now. We got tour golf coming back in two more weeks. So, two sorry. weeks. Yeah. So, sorry. Um, we'll see if Callaway tries to pull something together. Um, what about Seminole? Love it. Love that golf course. You? I mean, it's not like saying, hey, this like looks so amazing. But there was all the little subtleties to it. It's just a good golf course. Overall, Donald Ross, great design. Greens. But see, Donald Ross' signature is always the greens. It's never the tee to green. And I, and I don't think you could see that, in, unfortunately, in the way the... Those the, greens were hard. T- well, they, I loved how they all kind of like they fell off. Hard. I loved how they all fell off. Like, right? So, like, you couldn't, you, if you got the edge of a green, you were probably going to roll off of it. And um, I thought that was interesting. Um, you know, the actual layout of the course, at least from what I read, the way that he put those holes together within that parcel apparently is just, and that we laid it all out apparently is just amazing. And I think if I saw it in person versus on TV, might be a little bit more impressive. I did feel as though these guys could pretty much blast it anywhere on most holes and and not get themselves in Ooh, trouble no. though. So to me, it isn't necessarily a pro competitive test because to me a pro competitive test is driving and these guys all drove it had wedges into a lot of stuff. Maybe that's where I was the least impressed as I was like these guys have wedges into so many things like why aren't they scoring better? But maybe I didn't get the sense of where it was. So I don't think it showed well on TV. I bet you if I played it in person, I'd be think it's amazing. And then second, uh, one extra point to that too. I have also read that the experience going there because of its exclusivity and stuff is like just awesome. Yeah, but, they only serve lunch. It's just a golf club. Well, they they close at six o'clock every day. That's awesome. Clo- closed. Like if you're not done, you're like kicked off the golf course. Six p.m. Gone. Like you can't finish. Yeah. They kick people out of the whole thing at 6 o'clock. So, like, the last tee time is, like, at 2. And if you're not done by 6... Now, the match, by the way, ran longer than 6. But as far as members and stuff, the last tee time's at 2. And if you aren't done at 6, bye-bye. You're done. They'll pull you off. That's awesome. Yeah, and they, only, they don't serve breakfast. They only serve lunch. Yep. And no dinner. It's a, yep. re, it's a legit golf club. They have... 350 members, 200 of them are all single digits. Wow. How cool is that? That's that's good golf right there. Yeah, that's that's uh how many we have it? How many single digits do you think we have at Chatham? Maybe 20. No, more 30, than that. 35. 40. Well, how many full members we have? I don't know. 200. No, we have more than that. I think we have three over three hundred now. Do we now? Yeah, we, we got to have fifty. We should, we should. There's trivia for we for us to. Uh, we'll figure that out. Maybe thirty, forty guys, single digits. There, it, I mean, if it's based off the gold tee versus the blue tee, I don't know, but because we don't have a lot of guys that will, are willing to even play the gold tees. No, 
So, um, all right. So on to the upcoming match. So transitioning. Um, we've got Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady and uh, Phil Mickelson. I don't. I don't even. I don't even really want to talk about this until it happens. Well, so here. Well, here's the four. Let's just talk about the format. I, I'm not. I, don't I just care. think. It, I just think it's. I don't. I don't care who wins. I don't care whatever. But what do you think about this format? Four ball on the front nine, and then a modified alternate shot on the back. So four ball on the front nine, like. Now, oh, time out. Handy. They're each going to get the the amateurs are each going to get three shots on a one on a par three, one on a par four, one on a par five. Okay. On the front. So, okay. So we're going to have a a four ball where each guy gets three shots. Okay. Like. Otherwise, right? Like Phil and Tiger are pretty much so six holes. Phil and Tiger pretty much own the whole fucking thing. And you don't even care about Peyton and Tom. And then the three holes that they get a pop, you, you're hoping they get a par net birdie? Like, sorry. Now, the alternate shot format, to me, is more interesting. Because is, is it like a- it's a modified, where they both tee off and then alternate... That's a what's on that? the way in. That's like a Pinehurst. Yeah, Pinehurst alternate, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I like those. That actually be more interesting. I think that's going to be more interesting because you're at some point you got it, you're down to a one ball. So it's like they both drive, they both hit, hit each other second, and then they pick the best one, kind of thing. Yeah, because then. Tiger and Phil gonna be hitting some shit fucking tee shots, right? And and at the end, of, like some like Tom and Peyton have to actually hit a shot, have to hit a shot at some point. Versus for six holes on the front nine, they don't even have to freaking hit a shot if they don't want to because those other guys. Are Peyton and Tom aren't bad golfers, are they? They're okay. I think they're they're probably, I think they're single digit guys. Yeah, so they can probably kill the ball. They're, they're both probably tall. they're probably six, seven handicaps, eight and, handicaps. And they can probably drive it pretty far. Whatever. Um no caddies. They're each gonna take a, their own golf cart. Um they have to pass a coronavirus test, apparently. Um playoff. Apparently Charles so here's the other Charles Barkley apparently is going to show up on one hole. Who knows what hole that is? And if he bogeys it, uh, he can get two hundred, give two hundred thousand dollars to a charity. Bogey the hole. What if he doesn't bogey the hole and he's like doubles or triple bogeys the hole? He should have to pay it. Like here's the way I should have come out of his own pocket. Right. Like there needs to be something where like if he does worse than bogey, he should actually pay double. Yeah. Like if he bogeys it, he only pays two hundred. If he doesn't, he pays four hundred. <laughs> it should be a penalty to him to not get bogey. Not like it's a privilege for him to get bogey. He won't do that. It's because it doesn't matter. And you know, you that's know why. It's, that's why you, I'm yawning. You know, you know what's going to happen on the two hundred thousand. Whether he makes it or not, they're going to give it anyway. Yeah, yeah it's just it's dumb. a du- it's a dumb extra thing. It's and why the hell's freaking Charles there? Stupid. Because everybody's going to see his shit golf swing for like whatever. It's stupid. So I think at the end of the day, um, four man golf tournaments that don't mean anything other than for charity are not great entertainment, but they're great for charity. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're great for charity. Yeah. I mean, so. Part three of charity. Other dipshit podcast for play pod is going to play with Kevin Kissner. Who? Kissner. And the four dipshits on four play pod are going to play a scramble 
between the four of them, a scramble to play to beat him against him from the tips at whatever course they're playing at. They'll lose. They're going to get demolished, and that's how bad of golfers they are, but yet they have one of the most popular podcasts in America. Um, apparently... No laying up or foreplay? Apparently, foreplay. Apparently, the barstool foreplay. Uh, you know, apparently, to be popular on a podcast, it has nothing to do with how good of a golfer you are. I would take us two as a, as a scramble Dude, versus, no, versus no. Kisner. Us two as a best ball. Would give him a run. Yeah, well, a scramble, he would no chance. We would, we would be, kick his. We, ass. The two of us in a two man scramble would kick his ass. We would dominate him. I think he would take that as a challenge. We I, would kill him. I think he would take it as a challenge. And by the way, we would beat Patrick Rogers, and we would beat any other Indiana freaking PGA guy right now. And we'll do, I'll tell you what, you and I will do it for charity. If anybody fucking listens to this, we will play any. Professional, Fuzzy Zeller. Who else we got? Shank. Uh, whatever. Anybody who's one. Tyler wanted, Duncan. We'll, we'll bring him out to Chatham right now. You and I will play them. We'll play best ball, the two of us versus them at Chatham. And uh, we'll throw some money at it. I guarantee you we could raise a ton of money for that. And we would. It would be much better than some dipshit scramble of four guys. Four guys. Trying to beat one PGA professional in a scramble. On that's own ball. sad. On his own ball. That is, I hope they don't film it because that's got to be one of the worst. That's terrible entertainment. They just, have just, to be. They have just to be, just to, give me the score at the end because I don't want to watch that. They have to be the worst golfers. Terrible. To not, if, I mean, what, I mean, Kiz, Kiz has the ability to come out and shoot 65. Yeah. I mean, those dipshits have to shoot, you know. Four man scramble. I they can't shoot sixty five. That's shitty. It is, dude. You and I have played in a four man scramble before with some decent golfers. What was our best one? Forty eight. Twenty one under. <laughs> Twenty one. We trophies. we we didn't eagle one par five. We fucking killed it that day. Now. Whatever that but was, those, awesome. but those were those we were had three, and and, and, and those and, were and three, we had, and we bought some mulligans and whatever else. But I think still, still, seriously, good golfers, uh, no mulligans, whatever. Thirteen, fourteen under is so easy to get to, and no PGA professional is going to get to thirteen under ever. No, you you would just blow them out of the water. Well. I'm up for the challenge. I'm up for somebody to come out and do this. But Let's oh, do Baker it. too. Chris Baker, another Indiana guy. So we, right, we Overton, Overton. So we got Overton, Zeller, Baker, Rogers, Duncan, Duncan, Shank, Shank. Come on out. Let's go. Let's do a charity round anywhere in Indy. I don't care where it is. We'll we'll go out to Brickyard. We'll do whatever. We can go. We can play here at Chatham. Love to host you. Be fantastic. I'll reach but, out. Let's see what happens. We can do it. We'll, we can put that we'll together. raise some money. We'll reach out to all our real estate connections. People will donate crazy money. I guarantee it. And we'll raise money for food, charity. Um, all the food banks need stuff right now. Yeah. We'll hit it hard. We'll get. I'd, hey, it'd be good if all those guys came. You know, for every birdie, we'll... we'll hey, trust me. We can get... I'm sure CBRE will figure it out. <laughs> Well, what um, I don't even want to talk about equipment tonight because we don't have anything new, really. We just we played some golf. I got nothing, dude. I'm still hitting my M1 driver. I've got a wedge from two years ago that has no grooves right now. I'm trying some new shafts. Well, I got to hit that new M, that new uh, three wood Taylor Bade. The M5 from last nice. year. It was Whatever. nice. It's good. Yeah. But I get Whatever. I still love the AVX Titleist. I think it's the best golf ball out there right now. It's good. I'm hitting it. And I like it. It's um, a good ball. Pro V is good too, but I th- for whatever reason, this thing just goes. I like it. It's straight. I like putting it. It feels better. I like putting it. That's it's almost I, like not as heavy or something. I don't know. Coach was probably hitting Bridgestone stills, wasn't he? No, he, he had Pro V once. He did. Or those is that this year? Was that this year's ball? Did you guys switch to Pro V's? No, he just didn't end up buying them. 
Oh, okay. Because so, but they were, they had shamrocks on them, but they were Pro Vs. Oh, really? Okay. He must still got the. I mean, Pro V. You can't, how are you gonna go wrong with a Pro V one? Uh, you don't. You don't. It's fine. It just feels different. And for whatever reason, I don't know. This this AVX just flies better for me. Everybody's hitting it. Everybody. It's great golf ball. So, um, well, since we're we're in person for the first time in a pod for three months, we we get to try some booze together. Uh, and look at that, we're right at about one hour. So I'm going to take a pause real quick. We're going to fill up on some bourbon, and we'll give a little review. Cool. Hang on, everybody. All right, we're back here. We've got uh, we've poured a glass on some rocks. We have the Horse Soldier Signature. Um, small batch bourbon, um, 80, or sorry, sorry, 47.5 alcohol, uh, 95 proof. It's a small batch deal. Um, uh, Columbus, Ohio. Didn't see, okay, didn't see that coming. That's where it's, that's where it's from. It says handmade and bottled, uh, by American Freedom Distillery in Columbus, Ohio. So... Um, I expected it to be coming out of. It's the signature series. Yeah, it's a bourbon though. So, if it's a bourbon, it's got to be somehow coming out of Kentucky. Um. So have to dig into that a little bit deeper. Um, this is uh, yeah. Um, it's about. It's like a. F- $55 bottle. Okay, about 55 bucks. John and I, as we've talked um, a lot, you know, it's easy to go out and pay, overpay for something. But at the end of the day, the the working man and... S- smells fantastic. We, we smell want some... You should, be, you should be able to go out and buy something, find something for $65 or less that's pretty decent. It smells, it smells really good. It's got a really good nose. There's uh, some sweetness to it, some smokiness. It's good. It's just a good bourbon. Give that a whirl. Oh, man. It's just that's smooth. <laughs> it's just good. That put, I mean, we, we're on ice, but it's still But at the same time, like, I tell you what it really reminds me of is Woodford. Really reminds me of Woodford. It's got that little... I don't know what that char barrel, you know, ending. Yeah, it really reminds me of Woodford. Which it actually what? reminds me more of Angel's Envy than anything. That's the one. I mean, and at the end of the day, either one of those, I'm really good with. And so, is it the same? That my question is, you know, so this is bottled in Columbus. Um, we've heard a lot about, you know, obviously people buying barrels off of other people. Is this a new brand that's come out? I, I just don't know enough about it. I, I think it's... I don't know how old it is. It doesn't say on the bottle at least how old this thing is. I'm on is. their website now. Our story. Um, and what their story is. But we'll do a little bit more homework on these guys. Um, I got it right some here. Stuff. Oh, you got some stuff? So these... Uh, but at the end of the day, does it, if it doesn't... Our team has been involved in every major conflict since the Vietnam War. So is there some type of military? Okay. Much It was forged during the first days of 9-11 attacks. So, I mean, it's a relatively new bourbon. Yeah. But it's a bunch of veterans getting together okay. and uh, coming up with a bourbon. You know what? They've done a great job. I like, you know, the, I like the branding. I like the bottle. Um, whoever they're getting this from, because all they're saying is that it's bottled and created in Columbus. Um they they pick somebody smart. And to me, this this is very Woodfordy to me. So my guess is they're they're working with the Woodford people. Um I could be wrong, but um Yeah, they so they were in Somerset, Kentucky, like where they get a lot of like where their aging and stuff goes on, I think. Sure. Well if it's gotta be if it's gonna be a bourbon, it's gotta come out of Kentucky. That's a really cool website. Like it's so. super cool. So this is one of those where you know you 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 start you start to see it where um, branding can be huge, right? You, they're they're sharing barrels from other 
companies, but they're trying to brand it, and maybe they're they're uh, distilling their own stuff right now. But as they ramp up, it's good bourbon though. It's fantastic. It really and, is good. And and um, like I said, it throws it in the Woodford category to me in that it's just really easy to drink. Goes down smooth. It's got really good flavor to it. Um, it uh, doesn't necessarily have a lot of complexity to it, but it's it's easy to drink. And I I, I drink I like this it. before a, a dinner drink. Like it's great. Get, gift it to a friend. Absolutely. Yep. All day. Me too. Done. Um, cool story behind it. Uh, I want to dig deeper on it, and we will. But uh, maybe I'm we'll come back. Gonna have to time. buy their like reserve, and they've got some other lines. Okay. This is their midline. All right. Well, it tastes like Woodford to me. So midline Woodford, pretty damn good. Double oak. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, with that, John, appreciate it, dude. In person, great to get back in action. Um, Michael Hart and I have a match tomorrow, and uh, if we are victorious in the next round, round two of the season-long match play, we get to meet up with you and Coach. So, um, I'm not counting any chickens before they're hatched, but hopefully, we can have a fun conversation about that and. Uh, uh, here in the near future, it'll be a battle. Oh, got to, got to, got to get a W first. So again, first not trying to get, first. Yep, not trying to get too far ahead. With that, hope everybody goes out there can get, can actually play a little bit of golf. I know a few of you that listen to this um, have uh, have maybe been locked down and not been able to play. Hopefully, you're able to get out now. Social distance, uh, bounce a few balls off some noodles in the bottom of cups or whatever you got to do, and. Uh, Hit more greens, you'll score better. See y'all. Thanks.